0: It's time for Dodger Baseball. And this swift play. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Lucky Betts, Craigslist, left field. They're going to make big signings. They're going to make impact trades. I don't care how many times this team rips my heart out, I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. Uh, Dodgers Nation Doug McCain here credential member of Dodgers media you can follow me on the x and Instagram at DMAC underscore la welcome to another episode of Dodgers dugout live everything you need to know about Dodgers baseball in under an hour we've got a jam-packed show we got some rumors to get into we got some news to get into so much is happening in the world of Dodger baseball what an exciting time to be a Dodger fan probably the most exciting time to be a Dodgers fan in this franchise's history you've got historic signings of Shohei Otani will talk some Otani, some interesting stuff about Otani that we learned over the weekend. Could he play some outfield? Kobe Bryant. Involved in his recruitment I thought that was cool That was special We'll get into all that What's the latest on Yoshinobu Yamamoto Where do the Dodgers Stand right now Should they sign Imanaga So much to get into But first If you haven't yet Be sure to subscribe To the number one Dodgers YouTube channel The Dodgers Nation YouTube channel For all the latest Dodgers news rumors Live streams Breakdowns Interviews and more Hit that subscribe button Hit that notification bell and If you really want to Support the channel Smash that like button And let us know Down below In the comment section What is your reaction To Tyler Glasnow's comments do you want to see Otani possibly in the outfield towards the end of next season on a scale of one to ten how much one do you think Dodgers they Nation need Yoshinobu, Yamamoto have- let me know down below in the comments section But before we get into it of course got to thank you guys for always rock with us making this the number one Dodgers show on YouTube Dodgers dugout live so let's read some of these comments Victor Banyos hi d hope the shopping spree don't stop Victor Banyos Those black cards aren't close to being maxed out. When you look at the money this franchise has, when you look at the money this franchise is going to make and generate and how much cash flow they're going to have, absolutely they are going to be spending more money. Like I said, our parents had a really good year last year, and there's a lot of presents underneath that Christmas tree. D-Mac Jr. says, put my dad in the outfield That is a fire take for sure. We got Ray. New York teams are going to overpay for Yamamoto, which I'm cool with. Grab up C's or Burns. That's from Ray. We'll get into that in a little bit here, but I have some thoughts on that about Yamamoto because I do think that the perception out there is that the Dodgers are going to make their offer And stay put there. That they won't aggressively look to up their offer. I have some thoughts on that in a little bit. And they have to do with the fact that Shohei Otani was a part of that recruiting process. They're saving money because of Otani's deferrals. And I think that they can absolutely afford a Yamamoto if they want to up their offer. As far as Cease, very interesting about Dylan Cease. I think we'll start to see the rumors start to... Heat up and percolate a little more and start to sizzle more after Yamamoto signs, which should be very closely here in the next week or so, maybe stretched for the next couple of weeks. But absolutely, when you look at his posting days is going to happen sooner than later hopefully we get some news on Yamamoto at some point this week so once that happens then Snell signs then Montgomery signs then you'll start to see the White Sox really start to engage in serious talks about Dylan Seas if they want to trade him this offseason I did find it interesting I read a nugget I believe it was from Ken Rosenthal Their silence is deafening. One hundred and thirty six Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring Bring them home in a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. All that. The White Sox were interested in Ryan Pepio, So that was a trade ship that now is in Tampa Bay. So makes you wonder if you have to dive deeper into their trade pool of potential prospects off to part ways with because they wanted Pepio. He, of course is in Tampa Bay, but also lets you know that they like the Dodgers prospects. So that's very telling. So we'll get in that a little bit as well. We got go Dodgers. Let's go Dodgers. That's from David Diaz the third over there. Fire Dave Roberts. That's a fire. Tag. Yeah. Always, of course, it can't be a show without that. We have D-Mac is the man. You the man right back at you, Pacolo, low, love. Justin Lamos is Yamamoto on his way to Paris to sign with PSG now. That's Justin Lamos. Visalia in the house, Carnivorous Lunar Activity. Hi, D-Mac. Hello, everyone. Hi, Carnivorous Lunar Activity. What's up, D-Mac? What up, Francisco Diaz over there? Rock with us on YouTube. Nando390, if Yamamoto doesn't want to be a Dodger, then good riddance. Thoughts on that in a little bit here. Yamamoto also has a close relationship with the Yankees executive. Matsui He's from Japan. Alexander Ryu. That's a really good point. I mean, I think that that point needs to be made because a lot of the talk right now is that Otani was involved in his recruitment. They were... They went out to dinner, right? And he was a part. He was there at Dodger Stadium. And just the fact that he is on board with this lets you know that he wants him on the team because he thinks that he can help this team win. Yamamoto is someone who is an ace level pitcher that's going to help all these teams tremendously. But you have the connection with Matsui. And then you also have with the New York Mets, Kodai Senga, who had a great year last year, was top three in rookie of the year voting right behind Corbin Carroll And he wants Yamamoto in New York. So there is more connections than just Otani trying to recruit him to L.A. So a couple more here and we'll dive into our first topic because Tyler Glasnow spoke to the media via Zoom this morning. We got some really cool comments from that. We got Daves. I also think Yamamoto will probably get overpaid in New York with the Yanks or Mets. Fingers still crossed for the Big Blue to get him, though. B, C, or Cs, replace Gomes for my dad. Dmac Jr. is wilding out today. I think you're on Christmas break already, so we're probably okay with you missing school. What up, DMACCs from Lowe's? Any news on Kike? The only news on Kike has to do with the fact that, well, Otani followed him on Instagram, apparently. So there's that. That can't mean nothing because Otani followed a bunch of his teammates. And Kike, even though you did bring in Margot, which is essentially the Glasnow tax... I would love to have Kike Hernandez back. I definitely think he has a role on this team. I do think that they need a more prominent left fielder that can hit and hit with some power, give him some pop, and be your everyday left fielder. But what are open to the idea. We got uh, Christian L. You're crazy. Uh, Adam Duvall, Dmac, Christian L is wild out there. Uh, Doug Slayton, Dmac. What up from Denver? I'm hearing this right. 10, 12, 13, 14 years for a pitcher. Um, Really? Yeah, Doug Slayton. You're referring to Yamamoto and some of these rumors that he could get 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years. I think really what that's a play on is trying to get that AAV down, right? If you get the years like that, you get the AAV a little lower, takes less of a CBT hit, helps your team be able to add some more pieces around. It gives them a little bit of payroll flexibility. I mean, you're not going to have the crazy deferrals like we saw in Otani's deal, but also you have to factor in the possibility of an opt-out for when he's around 29 and 30 years old. And if he pitches well with inflation, with the way pitchers are going to be paid, you're not going to be able to get ace pitchers for twenty-seven million million five five years from now. So that's why I think people are kind of losing sight of with the whole Yamamoto thing is, yeah, on paper, it's going to be a... 10 plus year deal most likely but if everything goes to plan and he pitches like you expect there is a universe where he does opt out but let's dive into our first topic here because I'm even more excited today than I already was about Tyler Glasnow and look you guys know I'm not a big victory lap guy I'm not here to say I told you so this and that but a lot of the things that we said would happen on this show before anyone was saying them right as the season ended have already happened just look at the intro we prompt we said the whole time we were hearing Otani to the Dodgers. I said he would be a Dodger. He ended up as a Dodger. Tyler Glasnow. We said they should trade for Tyler Glasnow. They end up trading for Tyler Glasnow. We'll see what happens next. Still think they need another pitcher. We also asked for Yamamoto. Hopefully that does happen. But it really feels good to see this organization delivering it has been a masterclass so far by Andrew Friedman and thankfully we're not done yet but early this morning Tyler Glasnow the newest Dodger who did sign that extension over $136 million we broke that contract down on yesterday's episode a little more of an in-depth breakdown on his contract so if you want to go see that I'll leave that link but down below in the description but Essentially with Tyler Glasnow and the money that you're saving with Otani on the deferrals, you basically get what you would pay for Glasnow and Otani almost as a twofer. Two for the price of one in a sense. And guess what? Otani was a part of the recruitment for Glasnow to get him to sign that extension. Now, here were some comments from Glasnow today. He said, when Shohei signed, it was that immediate. I want to be on that team. I want to pick his brain. And he was asked about the video where Otani was essentially recruiting him. And all he said was it worked. So I thought that Otani wasn't supposed to pitch this year. He's clearly pitching a lot. He pitched to Yamamoto. He pitched to Glass. Now, he's out there recruiting like he's John Calipari in Kentucky, like he's Nick Saban at Alabama, like he's Peak Peak Carroll at USC. He's out here recruiting five-star recruits to Dodger Blue. So you love to see that. He also said that he was okay with signing that extension before hitting free agency because, for me, It was plenty of money. I'm super happy with the money, and it's somewhere I'm super happy to be. I guess I was never super interested in trying to get as much as I possibly could. It worked out well. So my response to that is the last line. I was never super interested in trying to get as much money as I possibly could. If Tyler Glasnow has the year that he's capable of having with the Dodgers. If he throws 140 innings, has a sub 3 RA, sub 3 ERA, puts himself in a position to have a lot of success in the postseason where he's having double digit strikeout games and he's shoving against top offenses and he helps lead this team to a World Series, he could have easily entered the market next season and signed an Aaron Nola type deal, 165 million. There's also a world where he could be in Blake Snell territory and signing for 200 million. So it Tyler glass now pitches like he's capable of. And yes, that's a big bet. You are betting on his health, but I'm trying to look at the Tyler glass have full, right? And I think that with the best medical team in the business, yes, you're not going to keep all pitchers healthy. This is not a Dodgers problem. This is a baseball-wide problem. But when you look at the injury history with Tyler Glasnow, you got 2019, the forearm, the elbow tight, tightness. He missed 121 games. He pitched 60 and two-thirds innings. 2020, stayed healthy, pitched 57 and thirds innings. 2021, Tommy John surgery, pitched 88 innings, missed 111. And you look at 22... Tommy John surgery, again, of course, continuation of that. Missed 178, and he did pitch six and two-thirds innings. Came back there at the end. And then 2023 had the left oblique strain at the beginning of the year. Missed 59, and then pitched 120 innings. So really, you take out the Tommy John surgery, and then you're just looking at the forearm and the left oblique. So Tommy John, I think you have to separate from these knick injuries. So I do think that it's a tad bit overblown that this guy is just – Tyler Glassman, right? That's just, I don't think that totally fits the description. And the reality is if he pitches like he's capable of, this is going to be a value deal. This is going to be a deal that they're getting a ace level, true number one at under market value. So yes, it's a lot of money for a guy that hasn't pitched more than 120 innings in a season, has only pitched more than 90 innings in a season twice. His career high in starts is 21, but you're betting on the upside. You're betting on the stuff. You look at his stuff plus ranking last year. It was at 121. That was seventh in Major League Baseball from 2021 to 2022. It was second. He has one of, if not the best, curveballs in the game. He's got electric fastball, averages 96.5 miles per hour in the 88th percentile, has the slider, has a great pitch profile. So, look, he's nasty. And the reality is Ryan Pepio, if everything had worked out, everything— He would never reach the heights that Tyler Glasnow is capable of. That's how nasty his stuff is. Now, more from Tyler Glasnow. He is going to wear number 31. That was his Little League number, so he's 31. He also said that there's a lot of similarities between the Rays and the Dodgers. He said, I guess the only difference is the Dodgers have a lot more money. Also, a lot more fans. A lot more World Series titles. A lot more pennants, right? A lot... (laughs) More a lot of things, right? But I think what he's trying to say is as far as a player development standpoint, and I think that there you're kind of looking at, okay, it's not about the Dodgers taking Glasnow to the next level from what he can do on the mound. The Rays did that. The Rays did that. Look at him from the Pirates to the Rays. That's when he turned into a pitcher that was pitching at a Cy Young level. What the Dodgers can do, the Rays might have not been able to do is one you get him after the Tommy John surgery so you have the opportunity to see how that plays out. And then two, you have the depth, right? You don't need him to throw 150 innings. You have a deeper rotation and guys that are coming up. You look at the rotation right now with Pepeo in Tampa Bay and now Glasnow in LA, you got Glasnow, you got Walker Buell, you got Bobby Miller, you got Ryan Yarbrough, you got Emmett Sheehan, Gavin Stone, Michael Grove. Nick Frasso, Landon Knack, and Kyle Hurt. And they're going to still add another piece, whether it be a Dylan Seas via trade, Sani Yamamoto, Sina Giolito, Imanaga, one of those types. Haven't heard too much about Jordan Montgomery. We've already heard they're out on Blake Snell, which I predicted they would be. And that's where they're going to stand. So if you have to miss a couple starts in your glass now, just to be able to be healthy and ready to go for the postseason this is the franchise to do that that's why the dodgers make all the sense in the world for tyler glass now they don't need him to be an innings eater they don't need him to be a workhorse last trade deadline they made deals f- sort of for the regular season right and somewhat of the postseason but lance lynn was really to eat innings in the regular season give up a ton of home runs right <laughs> No, but he did that, but it wasn't for the postseason. This is for October. This is an October ready move, and I just love the fact that Otani was a part of the pitch because I could see him being a part of the Yamamoto pitch, but to be a part of a Glasnow pitch. Now you got lots of dudes finding that rotation that are big power pitchers: Bobby Miller, Otani, Glasnow. You start at those three. You add one more. You're looking at a pitching staff. That is as good on paper as the offense, which was historically good last year. So couldn't be more excited about the direction of this franchise. I'm telling you, the platinum era of Dodger baseball. Also, one thing that definitely gave me the warm and fuzzies was Glasnow said he grew up a Dodger fan. And he said his favorite players were Sean Green. This is from Fabian Ardaya of The Athletic. He tweeted out that his favorite players were Sean Green and Clayton Kershaw. And he said, we were the typical show up in the second, leave in the seventh, just because getting to and from Santa Clarita was pretty gnarly. Okay, I get it. Insert the whole haters from other fan bases saying the Dodger fans arrive late, leave early. I get it. Sure. Never been a problem with me. I get there early. I stay late until the last out. So, but I think it's great that he grew up a Dodgers fan. That means that years ago, he, envisioned himself on that mound looking at those decks that represent all the different plays in california the ocean the tree and just being in that stadium you know he's gonna have family and friends there i think it's a perfect situation for him to thrive so let me know down below in the comment section what are your thoughts on tyler Glas now do you feel better about the signing now to me like i said the money saved with Otani, you're essentially getting that in Tyler Glasnow with that contract. So it's already paying dividends. The Dodgers are putting their money where their mouth is. They're maximizing this roster. You're bringing in top-end talent, ace-level pitchers, and it's part of the plan, and you love to see it. So let's read these comments here. What's the next move by the Dodgers? We'll talk about that in a second. D-Mac, how about Luzardo, Roy Estrada? I actually have an episode on him Going to drop either later today or we'll talk about tomorrow morning, but definitely some thoughts on him. He's definitely someone that could be in the fold. Daniel Macy, instead of working, I'm listening to DMAC. Wouldn't want it any other way. Go Dodgers. Daniel, I don't want you to get written up, man. I don't look close to the holidays. I want you to get that bonus check, my guy. Okay, but no, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. You can let it run, maybe watch it later on your lunch But I don't know. Tell your boss I said sorry. Guess what I'm trying to say. Ray, I think it was smart. It would have been a five years to hit free agency again. Best baseball stream of the big leagues. Thanks, Carnivus Lunar Activity. And you guys are all a part of this stream. reason why the show is at numero uno is because you guys are the biggest reason why. You guys make this show what it is. I'm the man of the fans your show. I'm just hosting it. Darwin, DMAC, a.k.a. Mystic Mac. Oh, interesting. Jordan, Mystic Mac. Which pitcher are you predicting we end up with? We'll tease that a little bit when we get into our next segment here. DMAC for 2026 Dodgers manager. Okay, so you're going to give Dave another year. A couple more years, actually. Job not finished from Terry Hesticles. Can't believe I read that name. Extend Dave Roberts immediately. That's from Terry Hesticles. Okay, you know what? Why don't we talk a little bit about Dave Roberts? Because got some little mini quick hitter topics to get into. And when it comes to Dave Roberts... There was a story in USA Today, Bob Nightingale, who was on this show, and he got some really good quotes from from Otani's agent, Nez Bolello, and Nez said about Dave Roberts, Doc swallowed an honest pill that day. There was nothing wrong with it at all. As you can see, it sure didn't have an effect, did it? And it would go on to say they even laughed at the uproar caused when Dodgers manager Dave Roberts candidly revealed at the winter meetings of the Dodgers and Otani had a private meeting at Dodger Stadium, remembering a published report that anything coming publicly from a team would be used against them. So first things first, I think collectively, collectively, can we just offer an apology to Dave Roberts everyone in Dodgers land that was out there screaming yelling oh Dave Roberts cost us Ohtani fire Dave Roberts Ohtani he cost us Dave Robbie cost us Otani. it's Dave Roberts is to blame fire dog fire dog this is worse than taking out Rich Hill this is worse than putting in Kersh in 2019 game five all this and that look Dave Roberts is an honest man he honestly answered a question I think he deserves credit for sticking to his guns and also letting the world know out there on a deeper level for me is that as big as Shohei Ohtani is, is, he's the biggest baseball free agent in the history of this sport. Really the biggest free agent in the history of sports. No one's bigger than Shohei Ohtani. But in that moment right there, Dave said, look, we're not going to lie. We're not going to keep this under wraps because you know what? As big as Ohtani is, the Dodgers as a franchise collectively with their history and their future are bigger than just one player. That's why I admire Dave Roberts for speaking honestly and candidly and just answering a question. He didn't tell you specifics. Oh, we fed him this. We ate this and that. He didn't say, Oh, we showed him a video tribute from Kobe Bryant, trying to pitch to him from back in 2017. We didn't get into the details. He answered the question that, wait a minute, the number one free agent, that was linked to the Dodgers for years where the Dodgers were widely viewed as the favorites met with said player? Why did that come as a shock to anyone? So for me in that situation, I thought it was laughable. I was at that press conference and I was sitting right there, standing right next to Dave Roberts. And I remember looking at Dave Roberts as he was asked that question and his eyes kind of turn upwards and you can see. Andrew Friedman probably on his shoulder saying, Dave, hey, don't answer this. Just no comment. Laugh it off. Do the famous Dave chuckle and everything will be okay. But then he's like, you know what? I'm Dave Roberts. They pay me to be me. I'm essentially the Dodgers. David Goggins, right? Great motivator. I am here for stability. And he answered the question honestly. And I heard stuff afterwards where people were saying that he read a long text message and that he looked like maybe he was in trouble. And then after the fact, Brandon Gomes said that he was surprised and Andrew Friedman after that said he was surprised that Dave had spoke that candidly and kind of told him that they had met with him at Dodgers stadium, that they had a nice conversation about, and that was all that he was going to say about it. And then also that Dave was surrounded by the Dodgers PR in some way where he was getting in trouble to an extent that wasn't the case. I mean, he was by Dodgers PR, but He was smiling like he always is. So just kind of want to go and point out that that was overblown. Dave Roberts, Dodgers, bring my facts to the fight, fact of the day, 630 win percentage That's the highest in American league or national league history. If Dave Roberts wins the world series next year and you already have a second world series title when really should have won in 2017 with the Astros cheating scandal led 2018 back to that world series. When you had a really slow start to the year Dave Roberts is in a position where he might be the last person in Dodgers history to wear number 30. And what I mean by that is we're talking Cooperstown. We're talking Hall of Fame trajectory. We're talking about a manager where if he has success, it's not about if he wins another World Series, it won't be about will they fire Dave Roberts? It's about Andrew Friedman and Brandon Gomes and Mark Walt his organization convincing Dave to stay here for as long as he can. Because that's the reality of the situation, is that he would match Lasorda already in Alston and really just be up in that tier for the great managers in Dodgers history. So, what are your thoughts on the comments that Dave's comments meant nothing? And I told you guys that I had heard after that that they did as well. So, it's the truth. I mean, it just didn't. Extend Dave Roberts, I'm seeing. Get Adam Duvall into starting left handed pitcher from Versace over there. Uh, Daddy D. Mac, what up, Sam? You crazy over, that over there? Fire take them, uh, D back man. What up, Paul Vaughn? I don't see Yamamoto signing in Major League Baseball for some reason. A- Andrew, he's definitely signing for sure. Doug Slay, when D mac speaks, work pauses. You're crazy, Doug. Doug Slay, I appreciate you out there in Denver. One of the day ones, Chico, D mac Where can I get one of those L A signs you have in your backdrop? Uh, let me. I'll find out for you. Right. Oh, one of these big things right here, like where the bobbleheads are. Uh, There's a guy, a gentleman that makes them, I'll get the info for you. Absolutely. I will get the interview for you. By the way, if you haven't yet, smash that like button. It worked for Otani. Let's see if it can work for Yamamoto. Definitely do that. But uh, here we go. We got uh, Mitchell. I think the Dodgers need one more frontline guy like Burns, Yamamoto, or Seas, and then a Giolito type, as well as a righty bat that is above league average. Alexander, Yu Yamamoto wearing a Yankees cap in some of his Instagram pictures says everything. He likes the Yankees and wants to play for them. I've told you guys for the last couple of days, the insiders that I've spoken to all feel like the Yankees have the best chance at signing him right now. I wouldn't rule out the Mets. I wouldn't rule out the Dodgers either. There's also a report. Actually, we'll tip. we'll I don't want to tip that off. We're going to talk about Yamamoto in a second here. A 499 Super Chat DMAC with the run at Yamamoto along with Glasnow trade extension, And the Rangers news, do you believe we've seen the last of Kershaw in Dodger Blue? I do not. I think that it's as simple as if Kershaw wants to one, continue pitching, which he told Dave Vasse of AM570 on Dodger Talk last week that he does, that this Dodgers organization, they can make it happen. They can do whatever they need to do, whether it's a two-year deal to give them time to rehab, whether it's a one-year deal, whatever Kershaw wants. He gets at this point of his career. He's not going to ask for some astronomical number, right? There were reports a few years ago the Rangers had offered him a ton of money and said he took that one-year deal with the Dodgers. So it's not about the money for Curse, right? Baseball's first two hundred million-dollar-plus pitcher. He's made all the money. He lives a relatively humble life for a guy who has that kind of coin. So I think that they can work something out. It's just a matter of one: does he want to pitch? Which is yes. And two. Does he want to live in L.A.? Does he want to be on the Dodgers? And you guys, where I stand with this is he told Vasse something along the lines of he didn't want his career to kind of end that way or just that last start where he went a third of an inning and gave six runs. If he goes to the Rangers, that will be his last start with the Dodgers. So I think the only way to get that start out of certain Dodgers fans eyes. I mean, his legacy is already cemented big picture, but as far as tying a bow on it, the only way you can kind of get that start out of Dodgers fans eyes, as far as the head down in the dugout and the worst start of his career ever was that start. If he goes to the Rangers and even if he has success in a lot of Dodgers fans eyes, That will be how they remember him as his last start, right? But as far as big picture, he doesn't have to pitch again. He's already a Dodgers icon, a legendary pitcher. To me, a Mount Rushmore Dodgers player that is a guy who already beat the video game, and he's just walking around playing on story mode, right? He's just really on added time. But I definitely, to answer your question, I do not think that it precludes him from being a Dodger. I still think that Friedman has spoken glowingly about Give him that chance to finish his career here for sure. Sorry, Dave. Got some apologies from Prone to Thrill. I like that. Takes a man, takes a, a stand-up person to apologize. <laughs> I appreciate that. But I was only kidding. i know, you're trying to force you. I just think it's funny. DKM Dave is a good man, and everyone has a bad sense of humor. It's from DKM. Sam Vasquez Roberts caused. Co- Roberts caused inflation. Roberts caused COVID. Come on, now You guys would blame him for the sinking of Titanic here. I'm gonna have to give that a bro, Jordan. Bro. Uh, great rant on Dave Roberts. Okay. Um, no apologies for Dave until he wins the World Series. Bobby Bernita. What I've always said here is that Dave has to win two to win one for Dodgers fans. And I kind of tend to agree with you as far as the perception of the fan base until he wins another one. It's always going to be keys to the Bentley has a stack lineup. So that's just the reality of the situation. The truth and the reality aren't necessarily the same. Dmac, plan a meetup. We'll work on something. Now, one more story before we get into our break here is just want to touch on this one really quick is the news Friday reported by Jeff Passan that during the pitch meeting to Shohei Ohtani at Dodger Stadium, he was shown a video of Kobe Bryant where this video was filmed back in 2017 when the Dodgers originally had tried to sign Ohtani and there hasn't been a video that we've seen hasn't surfaced, but... What I can gather is Kobe was saying how great it is to be a Dodger, how great it is to win championships in Los Angeles, that the Dodgers are the best franchise in baseball. And Otani said it was one of the highlights of the whole meeting. Now, in Kobe Bryant's legendary career, he has 7,346 assists, regular season and postseason combined. Well, We can add another assist for the great Kobe Bean Bryant. Being a part of that pitch meeting, seeing him tried to get Otani to sign with this franchise. He's our North star. I've always said that he's someone that is always going to be the guy that epitomizes Los Angeles sports. Some people think that LA is sunshine and palm trees and everyone is soft. No, LA is a tough town, man. Traffic, lots of competition, right? It's expensive. No, this is a gritty and tough town and no one embodies that like Kobe Bryant. And just hearing how much that resonated with Otani and how important that was for him and just the fact that the Dodgers decided to do that that's how you know it was over. Dodgers weren't messing around man. They were not messing around. They're like okay break out the Kobe. Break out the Black Mamba because we're going to show him that video and if that sealed the deal Kobe Bryant you're a legend in Los Angeles. You'll always be a legend in Los Angeles. Otani's already getting the mural treatment. I saw the one at Hermosa Beach. That one was incredible. And it just got me thinking here that Otani has a chance to join the pantheon of great Los Angeles superstars. We're talking about those iconic numbers that you know in Los Angeles. Now, to me, Kobe Bean Bryant won't ever be surpassed just because of what he's meant to this. City, He started and finished his career in Los Angeles as a Laker. We saw him get drafted here and come off the bench. We saw the air balls against Utah, but we also saw him go out there and win five championships and win an MVP and solidify himself as one of the greatest players in NBA history. But on top of that is just the mama mentality and how everyone takes inspiration from Kobe. So I don't think anyone will pass Kobe's 24 and eight, but I definitely think that Otani's number 17 If he wins a World Series or two, goes in the Hall of Fame as a Los Angeles Dodger, has a Hall of Fame career, I absolutely think that Otani 17, which, mind you, is the best-selling jersey in the first 48 hours in the history passing Lionel Messi, that tells you right there, that's already an iconic number. So 17 right there. So here's my random top 5 to 10 list of the day most iconic numbers in Los Angeles sports history. Number one is 24 and eight. That's not going to be touched in my opinion. Number two is 32. You got Kofax magic. You can even say Marcus Allen, Bill Walton at UCLA. You can even say OJ as far as his college career, but really it's about Kofax and magic Johnson for 32. That's to me, number two, three, as far as how iconic he is, how important he is bringing an entire demographic of people into Dodger Stadium what he meant to the sport beyond just the playing field culturally his impact I still have Fernando Valenzuela's number 34 you could also say that was Shaq's number with the Lakers so 34 right there at number 3 next I've got Kareem's 33 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the most underrated athlete in Los Angeles sports history for whatever reason 33. Think about this. Kareem brought eight championships to LA, was a part of eight championships, five with the Lakers, won two finals MVPs, also three championships for the UCLA Bruins. Kershaw's 22 is absolutely up there. World Series in 20. First ballot Hall of Famer, three-time Cy Young Award winner, MVP. I'm a devout Christian. I believe in Christianity. How about Wayne Gretzky's ninety-nine? Got to put Gretzky in there. Dickerson, 29. You can even do Reggie Bush's five. So to me, Otani, 17, is absolutely going to be up there with the great iconic numbers in LA sports history. So before we get to our next segment, any comments on that? We got number 42, Rod Wilson. Absolutely. 42 kind of goes without saying. 42 to me is beyond Los Angeles. 42 is up there with 23 as far as Jackie Michael. Jackie, Michael, and what Jackie did, what he did for sports, what he did for not even sports beyond that, we did for society as a whole. I think that's its own tier that's above all, and there's a reason why no one in the sport wears it unless it's his birthday in April, which is just awesome because the uh, Jackie Robinson Day is uh, best day in baseball, in my opinion. The day that broke the color burial, April 15th, 1947. Gretzky is a legend, but he's an Edmonton Oil a legend. Yeah, I mean, that one's kind of down the list. D-Max number one fan, appreciate you. Uh, my number one fan, my guy, and for sure. But uh, for sure, I definitely think he's down the list, but he, he, you got to put him up there. I got to get, got to show hockey a little bit of love there. Uh, 99 for the great one, Los Yankees signing Yamamoto for $400 J Jay Lee, BC, could have been the GOAT center at least. Uh, Doug, Doug Turner for Kurt Flug, Mister Free Agency, Just Lamas. Yeah, I mean you could go deeper in this one. I mean you go, you go Jerry West forty four, you go Elgin Baylor too, in that mix as well. But uh, I love that from Denny Cortez, April fifteenth, the best day in professional sports. I would agree with that. Uh, Kobe, the best closer in the game in Chicago. Okay, so now Sam Vasquez, this is a fire take. This is a fire take over there saying that Mark Madsen's number thirty five. I love that. Good, good stuff right there. We got, uh, what was Don Drysdale's number from Paul Vaughn? D- D- Big D was number 53. But coming up in our next segment, we got the latest on Yoshinobu Yamamoto, where the Dodgers stand with him. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more. All year long, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So, all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new, authentic Mookie Beth jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So, be sure to be subscribed. So, you are eligible to win and as always think blue believe blue and please subscribe and welcome back to dodgers dugout live number one dodgers show on youtube if you haven't yet do us a huge favor join the party hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell hit that like button getting close to seventy-five thousand likes for sure so definitely hook it up also for our instagram audience for our instagram audience be sure to Head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. You can see the full version of the show. I know we're off a little bit to the left right there. So definitely, definitely, uh, if you want to check out the full version, head over to YouTube. But uh, we're going to work on that formatting over on YouTube. Also, just a reminder, head over to DodgersNation.com. Lots of stories popping up about Otani. You got Otani pitching to Glasnow, where Glasnow said it was awesome. How the Lakers legend Kobe Bryant Played a role in Dodgers landing. Shohei Otani, learn more about that. Also, Dodgers, Shohei Otani reveals why he liked to have historic contract deferrals. The first Otani mural. we got the Yoshinobu Yamamoto might pass on the Dodgers. Why he might pass on the Dodgers. So, head over to DodgersNation.com and also download the Dodgers Nation app, the best Dodgers app in the game for all the latest Dodgers news, rumors, and all the content here at Dodgers Nation. You can find it over there. And if you want the freshest gear, Dodgers t shirts, head of a gear up la some comments we go back here padres are a salary dump from paul vaughn he still would have been a dodger with otan's from jorge guerrero yeah yankees wasted tanaka's career that's from jc it's interesting take right there nacy will love yamamoto just like uh tanaka how about Kirk gibson Kirk gibson absolutely iconic 23 for sure imagine we would have god Juan soto milton bradley so two dollars from paul vaughn appreciate you my guy Keep lighting up those comments, guys. Gonna be reading them after every segment. Adam 818, by the way. This is a real finish him. He said he wants a Mookie bowling jersey. Come on now. Finish let's, him. Let's keep appreciating Mookie, okay? Mookie's he's all baseball first team. He's fantastic. Hershizer, 55. Absolutely. D Mac. What do you think about T Glizzy, number 31? That's from Dylan McKay. I like it. I like, I like uh, I like him in 31. I like him in 31. I think that uh, it suits him. I think that uh it has meaning behind it. The fact that he was 31 as a little leaguer. I love that about him. If you look at Dodgers that have worn 31, of course, you got some pretty, pretty big names. I mean, of course, Tyler Anderson, he was 31 when he was with the Dodgers. And that was always, uh, always a hope that maybe, maybe he comes back. But Ahmed Rosari, he was thirty. Max Scherzer was 31. Jock Peterson was 31. How about Brandon League? You had Jay Gibbons. You had Tim Federivovich. You had Jay Gibbons. You had Brad Penny. Who remembers Brad Penny, of course? And then my favorite player back in the day, first favorite player, Mike Piazza. But before that, John Shelby. You had Doug Rowe. You had, yeah, a lot of people were in 31. Jim Campanis, Ted Savage. Les Webler, first Dodger to wear 31 was Eddie Wilson back in the 1936 Brooklyn Dodgers. So I don't think Eddie Wilson thought I was going to shout out on this show today, but I like him in 31. Kurt Rambis, 31, from Lance Jennings. Why are we not talking about Dustin May? We've actually talked about Dustin May quite a bit on this show, Anthony, and the reality is he's going to be back late this summer. I just think you can't bank on how effective he is going to be. So for sure, I see F. Mike Piazza. Piazza is a Met. For sure, I mean, but at the time, I... His best seasons were with the Dodgers, but uh, let's get into Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I know that's what everyone wants to talk about. Now, the latest, let's kind of rewind a little bit and let's rewind to that pitch meeting because what I was saying last week, imagine that you are Yoshinobu Yamamoto. You pull up to Dodger Stadium. You had just been the Laker game a few weeks ago, sit courtside. You see the sunshine, palm trees. The weather's perfect this time of year. You walk into that pitch meeting Never having ever thrown a pitch at the big league level, and sitting right there is an all star catcher in Will Smith, an MVP in Mookie Betts, an MVP in Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani. And they're there to pitch you to join the franchise that is the best pitching franchise in Major League Baseball history. When it comes to Cy Youngs, when it comes to history, when it comes to all legendary names, the Koufaxes, the Drysdale's, the Hershisers, the Fernando Valenzuela's, the Johnny Padres's, you go back, you look at Kershaw. I mean, to have that for a guy that reportedly grew up as a Dodgers fan, that has some affinity for this organization, that's very tough to say no to. And you also look at the pressure on him, maybe potentially, knowing that the reports are out there that Otani is a part of this recruiting process, that... Do you really want to say no to the most famous guy in your country, right? That's a tough, that's a tough no, right? And for me, there's a couple of big factors here. But before we get into it, Andy Martino of, he's a New York-based Eds insider. He talked to him at the winter meetings. Great guy. He uh, he wrote recently, as for the Dodgers, Shohei Otani's presence at the team's meeting with Yamamoto last week was said by a person close to the player to be, quote, highly significant. The Dodgers are also in a strong position. So we just talked about how the Kobe video, by the way, whoever idea was it to include that Kobe video, give them a raise immediately. I don't know whose idea it was. I'm actually going to try to get to the bottom of that, but we know that these little things matter when it comes to these pitch meetings, because you just remember how you feel in those meetings, I'm guessing, right? And when it's the players selling you on the organization, I can imagine Otani probably saying, look, We're here to win World Series titles. This is going to be a team that has a chance to be one of the all-time greatest teams in baseball history. They already are really on paper, especially with the moves that are still going to be made. And I'm sure that from a selling standpoint, they also say, look, we want you to be a frontline ace level starter on a World Series winning team. And this is a marquee franchise, and I'm sure that they sold him on that. So... I think the pitch meeting went well with the Dodgers. I'm sure there's going to be an additional meeting. You saw there was a picture of Yamamoto in his private jet next to his agent. And people were wondering about his whereabouts. Well, let's talk about the New York Mets. Now the New York Mets, several key members of that New York Mets organization. They were in attendance at a dinner that was hosted by owner, Stephen Cohen. And, You had the Mets contingent there. You had Cohen there. You had his agent. And you also had Stephen Cohen go all the way to Japan to try to recruit him, to try to scout him. They had dinner in Japan. So the Mets are coming on really strong. And what the Mets have is, for lack of a better phrase, F you money. They've got more money than God. Okay? Stephen Cohen is the 96th richest person on the planet. He's the richest owner. 94th. Sorry. Sorry. Just I just cheat you out two spots. He's the 94th richest person on the planet, according to Forbes, okay? If he wants to spend crazy money on Yamamoto and just absolutely overpay for him, he can do it. And the reason why the Mets make a lot of sense for me, if I'm Yamamoto, let's just kind of play pros and cons here, is if I go to this New York Mets team, I'm playing in New York, a market that, look, when the Mets are big, who's bigger than the 80s Mets, Right? That team was huge. It captured that city. Mets have a big fan base. They're not as iconic as the Dodgers or Yankees and never will be, but they're still a big franchise that has won World Series titles, even though it's been a long time in New York City. And then the second thing is that from a timeline standpoint, they're not asking him to be a savior. They're not asking him to be the number one ace level pitch on a World Series team next season. When you look at their path to contention, with the Scherzer trade, the Verlander trade, and essentially Acuna's brother, right? Buying their prospects. They're trying to develop a farm system and compete in two, three years. They'll still be competitive, but realistically to win the World Series, they can allow Yamamoto to take that first year in transition, establish himself in the show, hopefully win a Cy Young if you're him, continue to improve your star power, and then you focus on trying to win. As far as winning big on the biggest stage. It might be a softer landing with the Mets where you get everything you want as far as big market, big money, notoriety, but you don't have as much pressure to transition. Remember, the mound's different, the ball's different, you're not pitching once a week. There's going to be a transition period for an MPB pitcher. And also, he saw the success that Kodai Senga had last year. And he saw Kodai Senga finish in the top two in rookie of the year voting right behind Corbin Carroll, right? So he saw the success that he had. He knows that their pitching coach is still intact and everything that they have built in New York is something that does make sense. And I'm sure is very attractive for him. And then there's the New York Yankees. The Yankees are the team that a lot of insiders right now feel like has the advantage, has the edge. And I think if you look at the long-term commitment, that the Yankees have had for Yamamoto they have been scouting him and had they been present as present as any team in baseball. The Yankees had a scout at every single one of Yamamoto's games last season. Every single one. And Brian Cashman and their senior advisor, Omar Manaya they were both there in September when he threw his second career no-no. So they've been present. The Yankees have been established in his universe. They've been on his radar. They've shown him that, Hey, we want you bad in New York. And I think the only thing for me when it comes to Yankees is Hal Steinbrenner, he made the mistake of saying, you don't need to have a $300 million payroll to win a world series. And this wouldn't take him to 300, but this is another move saying, okay, we're adding more big money players. Are they willing? If it's a New York, New York thing for Yamamoto, Are the Yankees willing to match the Mets? That's my big question. And if Yamamoto, is it, I want the more iconic franchise that gives me a better chance to win now, that wants to win next year, like the Yankees, but maybe make a little less money? Or do I want a more comfortable situation, a softer landing with the Mets, that's going to help me earn more money? And then you look at the other teams on the East Coast. No one's really talking about the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox are a team that, They've shown the ability to acquire Japanese talent in the past and on Saturday Andy or uh, on Saturday we had a tweet from uh, baseball analyst Marino Pepin who posted on X that the Red Sox offer a contract with, worth over 300 million dollars with quote causes and incentives convenient for both parties. So the Red Sox, they've thrown their hat in the ring and they're offering him 300 plus million dollars. So it feels like right now from a money standpoint, you're at 300 plus million from a year standpoint, you're anywhere from 10 to 14 based on what we've heard. So that's a lot of money for a player that's never pitched in the show I do think when you look at his pedigree, the fact that it's a sub-2 ERA in the MPB, the second-best baseball league in the world, coming off a season with a 121 ERA. The command is pristine. He doesn't give up home runs. He's going to have the best forkball in the league from day one. I still think he's going to shove, and I think the big kicker is this. I personally believe the Dodgers are going to up their offer for Yamamoto if they believe that upping that offer would lead to him signing with the team. I think that if if Yamamoto wants to be a Dodger and is okay with being in the shadow of Otani, then I think the Dodgers from a contractual standpoint can make it happen. Because if you just look at this, Otani takes the deferrals, right? 97% of the contract starts being paid out 2034, right? And you look at, 3%, $2 next year, and all the money they're saving. So Otani saves the money for the team. He's a part of the recruiting pitch for this player, so that lets you know he wants him on the Dodgers. And then if you're the Dodgers, you're still in this honeymoon phase with your newly acquired superstar. You want to keep him happy, and you're going to do that by showing him, hey, maybe Yamamoto doesn't choose us, but it won't be for lack of money. Right, I think from an optics standpoint and their new superstar, the Dodgers need to show Otani that, okay, it's not because of lack of money. We're going to go up to 325 if we need to. We're going to go up to 340 if we need to. And if you choose the Yankees and Mets, it was just his choice because of fit, and that's where he wanted to be at. So I do think there's a world where the Dodgers can still get Yamamoto, and I do think they could up their offer just because— You've come too far to come this far for the Dodgers, right? Now is not the time to start pinching pennies, and you owe it to Otani because of what he's done with his contract, and I just think that it's not going to be because of funds. I do think, though, it's ultimately in the hands of Yamamoto on where he wants to play, and John Heyman of the New York Post, he wrote recently about... Yamamoto in playing in the shadow of Otani, one rival guessed that Yamamoto might prefer a bigger share of the spotlight. "Quote: He doesn't want to be in Otani's shadow," that rival executive speculated. So I don't think this is a matter of him playing on the same team as another Japanese teammate, like a Kodai Senga potentially. I think this is more of: Do I really want to play in Otani's shadow, where I could throw ten, have a ten strikeout game, pitch a no hitter? And it's always going to be about Otani, right? It's always going to be about Otani. That country, is Japan, 112 million people. He's the most famous person in that country with a bullet by a long shot, right? So I do think that is a worthwhile discussion. Now, I see people asking about Imanaga. Now, Imanaga is a drop-off significantly from a Yamamoto. Now, let's break him down. I've done his breakdown a little more in depth, but... Shota Imanaga. He's five foot ten. He's a lefty. Eight seasons for the Yokohama Bay Stars. A three one eight ERA. A little over a thousand innings of work. Last two years, he posted sub three ERAs. Had a two twenty six ERA in twenty twenty two. Then he owned a two eighty ERA in one hundred forty eight innings last year. Also, you might remember from the WBC, Trey Turner hit a bomb off of him there, and he hit two. Had two innings allowed that one run, and had a couple strikeouts. But what he does great strikeouts, man, 174 strikeouts that topped Yamamoto at 169. So his 174 strikeouts were more than Yamamoto's. And he also had a 29.2% strikeout rate, had a 4% walk rate. So typically you'll see the strikeout numbers potentially go up when you go to the show. And you're talking about a guy who has the potential of a 30% plus strikeout rate at the big league level and a 4% walk rate. So you're probably out there saying, d hold up. Those numbers are awesome. Why isn't he someone who's going to get more money? Why do you, people have him projected to make $80 million, $90 million on a five-year deal, something like that? Well, because doesn't have explosive stuff, per se. Fastball is low 90s, sometimes at like 94 to 96. That's where he was at in the WBC. doesn't have that explosive fastball and also the home runs. He gave up 17 home runs, right? I'm not going to say he's the Japanese Lance Lynner or anything like that. But when you consider the fact that Yamamoto, he gave up, that's more than Yamamoto gave up for the last three seasons last year. So the long ball has been an issue, and typically the long ball will go up at the big league level. Also, he underwent season ending shoulder surgery in 2020. He did come back from that, has looked healthy since, but he's a little older, of course, 30. So he's really a number three at best, but more like a number four starter on a World Series contending team. And could the Dodgers go after him? They absolutely could. There's no doubt about that, that if you want to get a left-handed pitcher, if you want to get another guy that has that strikeout potential, that could be him. But at that point, I would rather just switch to a different I mean, you still got the young guys coming up. You still got Lucas Giolito, who could be an innings eater with high upside. Pass an update on Yamamoto. So let's get that pass an update. Appreciate you guys down below in the chat, and then we will let you guys enjoy the rest of your Monday afternoon. Jeff Passon is the GOAT. Love Jeff Passing. Talked to him a couple times at the winter meetings, and uh, this guy's great for baseball. My favorite insider. I don't know about you guys. but Okay, so we got an update from Jeff Passon on Yamamoto. So give me a second here. Let's see what we got. As far as as uh, update here, okay, he's got this like a pretty pretty big, sizable update here. Everything Yamamoto does is surface one goal, moving with purpose as MLB teams learned since the Oryx Buffaloes posted him on November 20th, paving his way to sign with the Major League team for hundreds of millions of dollars. Yamamoto's meticulous, disciplined approach is not limited to the baseball field. Let's see here. Here's some quotes from... Lars Newbar, he knew that he knew what he was getting himself into going into this season. Publicly amongst friends, he's the nicest, most caring person there is. But underneath that, he's a stone cold killer. When he walks in a room, he's not just walking in, he knows what he's looking for. He takes notes on everything. So that's definitely the mentality I want to see from my starting pitchers, especially at the big league level. He it also says, but then he throws a baseball and he questions about a way because if you 99 mile, yeah, talks about his stuff. Fastball that runs the 99 miles per hour. They splitter that drops like a hyper coaster and a curveball that breaks five and a half feet. So I like that. You see some Pedro Martinez, some Tim Lincecum comparisons. Don't see too much about where he's going to be signing though or leaning the main tweet says yoga mats tiny soccer balls mini javelins hand stands these are the tools that have made yoshino Yamamoto on one of the best pitchers in the world he does things his way and does them incredibly well free at espn so we'll see here's another tweet from him it says Also in the story, all the alleged $300 million bids for Yoshinobu Yamamoto, that's inaccurate, sources tell ESPN. Teams have been asked not to discuss terms yet, but that could change today when bidding, sources said, is expected to begin. Now is when Yamamoto's free agency gets real. So there you have it. I mean, could be $300 million, could be less. We'll see what the market is for him. I still think it's going to be really high because of his age and how unique it is to have a pitcher available at that age. But so that's basically it. The $300 million offers are inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, look, I I find that hard to believe that no numbers have been at least presented at this stage of the game. But I think that the more formal ones, you'll see Casey Montes' per Bob Nyong'o Yamamoto to sign with the Pittsburgh Pirates because he likes the throwback 70s hats and bulk pants. That's a fired take, absolutely but that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. We'll be back with you later, and we'll absolutely be back with you tomorrow morning, guys. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers. This is the most exciting offseason in Dodger history. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at dmac underscore LA. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to that channel, like I said. And remember, nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. 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 You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.